when it comes to practice, I, I kind of do like the the serious ones because, like, I don't want those weird questions during practice. Like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, like, no, yeah, no, I'm trying to focus. No, I, and then, like, no, I would love to have Luke, like, outside of practice when I'm already trying, like, relaxed, when I don't have anything else better to do. <laughs> just, just, just have the weird questions. <laughs> Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got the full crew, Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and fresh at ASU, Ilya Karun. What's up, Ilya? <laughs> Nothing much. Just happy to be here. Nice, man. Well, thanks for hanging out. We, uh, we got a few quick rapid fires that we sourced from the audience before we get started uh, from uh, Cal Commit and national team member Claire Weinstein. Oh. Who's your favorite Sandpiper teammate? Ooh, that is a good one. Uh, I would say, I would, I would say Claire. I would, I would talk to her most of the time, uh, on and off deck. <laughs> Claire, you'd right. like. I'm just, just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one's from Lauren Wigington. Never back down. Oh, never, never what? Never give up. <laughs> All right, what spice level do you get at Dave's Hot Chicken? Uh, about mild or medium. Okay. And would you beat Maggie in a 25 underwater? Absolutely. No question. <laughs> you, heard <it laughs> you heard it here first. The big thing with me is I have what people call a larger nose and a larger uh, bridge on the nose here. And then... My, I also have kind of narrow eyes is what I found out because you get like the different nose pieces and anytime I would get a larger nose piece, then it would be too wide and then it would leak in the middle. Yeah. And the great thing about the magic five goggle is that one, it's the nose piece. Um, it, it fits perfectly with me and also it allows the goggles to still be close together. So yeah. it's not rubbing on my nose and it's not so wide. It's leaking as well. So you can support Social Kick directly by picking up a pair of Magic 5 goggles using our affiliate link. Go to themagic5.com slash socialkick. Okay, so <laughs> Ilya, what is going on right now in your world? Uh, you're coming off of a great performance. I don't know if anybody would call it a breakout performance. You've been on the radar for, for a bit now, but I watched you swim at the World Cup in Toronto live fast. I think we even heard Trent and Julian with a little shock uh, with some racing this summer about like, where did this kid come from? And then you get a fourth place finish coming from, I think, eighth at the 150 at Worlds, seventh or eighth to finish fourth, killer close. Mm -hmm. Now the world's aware you're coming. Um, and here you are adjusting to a new training environment. So just give us a where, where are you at in life right now? What's going on? So right now, like, as you guys said, uh, yeah, I am a freshman at ASU, you know, different different definitely uh different environment coming in you know because i was at sandpiper as a just online school so i didn't actually go to a physical school so coming going like going in and out of classes uh and plus training it's a whole different experience and um the just is just like really really fun of course because uh the group environment of course at the team and um a whole new experience with the dorms as well <laughs> having roommates and stuff but it's uh it's really it's good fun all right you mentioned homeschool i know there's different things that go around about ron's group is that a requirement to be in ron's group really 
Uh, it's not a requirement. We did have one person uh, in, in Sandpipers that actually did go to school. It's just that it's kind of better if you want to like completely like focus on swim. It Online school is much better. Um, but yeah, like uh, it's not it's not really a requirement, but it's just better because some of our practice times were during school times. So that's why. Is there even an option to do that in college? I mean, obviously, like I know schools have some online courses or maybe specific ones, but would you have the option to do that? Because I feel like that happens a lot in in primetime sports, like in a like uh, quarterbacks for the football team, for example, at big time football schools, like you don't see them walking around campus. They just take all their classes online. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, uh, well, for freshman year, for sure, you do have to go to classes, but I believe as the years goes on, yeah, you can like, they have the option to have more online classes. All right. So what's been the biggest adjustment so far? Um, I'll say just like, uh, like the living arrangement and like actually walking to places, you know, cause I wouldn't, uh, I would always, I, I would have a car and drive everywhere in vegas but here like i have to walk the classes and then like sleep where or like his dorm is now my new house <laughs> you yeah. know so it's uh it's definitely and like having to like share a bathroom with like three other guys yeah i mean <laughs> it's kind of it's definitely different but you know it's all good it's just it's a fun experience where's hotter to now where's hotter where you came from where you are now and what pool is better temperature wise uh pool temp uh here asu because the, the water is like nice and uh, like regulated yeah and it is way hotter in arizona than vegas <laughs> really yeah so. mm -hmm. now where it, did it, you guys he uh, has a, a ton of great swimmers and you know most notably leon but also uh kosh as well so where do you find yourself kind of fitting in uh leading in to to the new year um, like with the, with the fast swimmers, to be honest, I'm just trying to, I don't really put myself like, Oh, I'm up here with Leon and stuff. Like, no, I just like, I really just, uh, I train with them. I try to, uh, beat them every day at practice. Well, mm -hmm. try to, of course. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just, I just, uh, follow like the training regiment and that's pretty much it that I want to know if there's some sort of initiation thing that's still going on. Especially when you come in with uh, the credentials that somebody like you has. Um, I mean, entering ASU, like, yeah, it was a very fast team. But I would imagine, besides, like, Leon, you know, I would imagine you hold your own still, like, really well in practice, yeah. right? And, like, that's not the case yeah. for every college freshman. There's some people that come in and different, even for a team, you know, that has uh, performed as highly as ASU, whether you're going into, you know, Cal or Texas or any of these, you know, star-studded programs. Um, there's... <laughs> There's, uh, you know, some slow lanes and some fast lanes, so there's um, could be a big curve. Um, yeah, are you? What's um? I guess. Uh, do you find that to be the case already? And you know, what's uh, what's been the hardest thing that you've done in the water so far? There. Uh, by slow lanes and fast lanes, you mean like like what what lanes I'm kind of in or something like that. I just mean like uh, I would imagine that you you keep up pretty well in practice, but that's there's there's quite the adjustment for for people to join a, a you know a training group. So oh, oh, um, yeah, yeah. do you feel like do you feel like yeah you're able to like assimilate really? I mean, Bob's legendary for giving hard practices, right? And we know mm -hmm. like Herb too. So mm -hmm. um, 
you know, are are you able to like handle the training, especially coming from a sandpiper background? And like, what's been the toughest thing you've encountered thus far? So yeah, in sandpipers, we would do just long yardages, seven, eight, nine Ks. And Bob's practices, even though they might be like not as long, the intensity is really up there. Like <laughs> that's like uh, the only thing, like if it's like really fast paced, like, okay, in like 45 seconds, we got to go after we like just finished a set. Like <laughs> I'm kind of trying to get like a breather in. Cause like I haven't really done such a uh, fast kind of fast paced, but other than that, like, uh, the other sets, I, I pretty much like handle Bob's things for sure. You know, I, we can all imagine what, what you can, what you're learning swimming with Leon, Hubie, Reagan, you know, under Bob, what have you. Um, but I would love to know what these guys would say about you. Yo, Ilya came to our team, he joined us, and he brought this, and we didn't realize that, oh, he's doing this. So what do you think you're bringing to the table that's, like, different to what they're doing? And maybe they made a comment about what you did or an attitude or a set or a technique. Is there anything that you've noticed in your short time there, like, being a different? Um, what I'm bringing to the table? I mean, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm bringing, I guess, a new competition for for Hubie and Leon, of course, yeah. and Reagan. Um but what they would think, I don't know. I, I guess I would just like, just basically just new competition, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not really sure how to, how to kind are, of answer that. Are you good at gymnastics because of your parents? Can you, can you do some rings and stuff and show off in them? I could probably just do kind of what you did. <laughs> just get oh, up on the thing. <laughs> no, just put, just like get up on yes. the thing. But, yeah. Yeah. But I've, I've only done gymnastics when I was like, literally like around four or five years old i i was i didn't actually go professionally into it <laughs> okay cool all right i gotta go back b i can't believe you dropped the initiation word back there you know you can't say that word nowadays man i don't know you can say initiation you just can't say hazing oh is that what it is i mean there's there there's a lot of ambiguity ambiguity there so i don't know i'm in uh, all right, so, <laughs> so, I, so I went and asked two questions at the same time, and then I just chose one of them. Ilya, let's go back. So what's the initiation process? When you first come to ASU, does anybody make you do anything uh, that you don't want to do that's uncomfortable? How do they make you uh, get up in front of the team and sing an embarrassing song? What do you do? Oh, uh, no, not really, but we do have to learn a song. Uh, it's just kind of in the ASU boys. We just have to, we have to learn like one of our songs. Uh, but other than that, there's really not much hazing besides we have to like, we just have to like, uh, as a tradition, all the, uh, freshman boys, we just have to like shave our hair, uh, for before, uh, NCs or pac 12s. Uh, but other than that, it, that's pretty much it. There's really, there's really not much. What's the first words that Bob said to you on deck? You walked on deck first practice after you've been recruited. What's the first thing he said? He said, Hey, you made it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna be like ten five hundreds. All right, yeah, no. ready to go. No, the first, my very first practice was it. It was just like I think just an underwater set. I thought it was gonna be your mind now, but yeah, exactly. it seems like uh, you've got a lot of confidence that you can make it through all of Bob's workouts now. So hopefully, <laughs> we can use that as a taunt, and uh, <laughs> he's gonna deliver some some pain your way. Oh yeah, I I hope so too. And that's how like. That's how we get better. <laughs> so what do you think? Um, I'm curious what you think. And then I'm curious what maybe you've heard from your coaches, um, especially at ASU as first got there. What are, what do you think are your biggest areas for improvement? What do you think they are? 
and what do your coaches think they are and have they communicated that to you yet? So I think one of the biggest improvements is of course, like underwaters for sure. Mm. Uh, cause like, uh, every time we try to do a kick set, like, uh, if it's like a warm up kick set, like I'm fine with that. And then like, as the kick set progresses into the hard stuff, it's, uh, I try to keep up with the big guys, but just like, uh, my legs are just like slowly a little bit get tired. I don't know if it's from like the workouts that we've been doing, but I don't know, but uh, definitely underwaters. And, uh, and also like when I get tired, I think I like short, shorten my stroke. So I believe just elongate it maybe. Give us an example of what you mean. So what, like what's a set and like a number four, you're like half a meter behind. Like what's an example specifically of, of how you're not keeping up with the big guys. Cause I mean, dude, you're 23, 250 flyer, you know, you're pretty good. So, I mean, uh, so, no, if it's like 25s or 50s, like underwaters or something, that uh, yeah, I can keep up with them. But I'm talking about like, let's just say four 200s, we would do your main stroke kick. So I would be fly. Yeah. And um, it would just like the, the first one would be like chill. Everyone's together. And then like two, three and four, like two, they would be getting like a little bit off. And then like I would try to keep up with them like the first 75. And then they just like blast off like it's. They just like uh, don't really get as tired. Wow. But right. this is coming from the guy that went from eighth to fourth, like B was saying, and that 200 fly long course, one of the, I don't know, people would often say that's one of the most grueling events, and you're just hammering home at the end, increasing that tempo. So I guess what was going through your mind maybe at that race specifically, and, and how does that translate to some of the things that you just mentioned that you're working on? Uh, yeah, the final – the final 50. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, I just like, uh, that was the kind of, that was kind of the, the, not the rhythm, the, the pattern that, uh, that was at worlds kind of just bring it home the final 50 or something like that. Um, and the, yeah, like my underwaters, I remember the final 50, it was, it was trying, trying to be pretty long, trying to catch up to those guys. And of course I want to keep, uh, like keep the same distance, but I like have more power to the kick so that it's like uh so i can like get up there faster if you've been listening to social kick for a while you know that we haven't been doing ad reads on this show but as we've grown we want to create more social kick content and we want to do so by partnering with the right brands that we actually believe make good products well we found one with the magic five we love this product and we're happy to partner with the magic five Go to themagic5.com slash socialkick. I want to know about uh, the other side of, of training. So, I mean, obviously, like coming from the program like Sandpipers, um, there's got to be some strengths that you developed there. Uh, what are the things that you think are really great um, assets of yours to be able to bring into a new training group? What do you do really well? What, what do you think that – and is there anything that like today – you might be the best on the team at ASU. Like, I mean, just for example, I got really good at holding my breath and I would say like, I was the best on the team at Auburn holding my breath in, in my era, you know, just doing underwater work, especially like for, for long periods of time, which was critical for sprinting. So like, what are the things that um, today you feel like are like super strong suits of yours? I feel like uh, by the end of like hard sprint sets, like fifties or something, I can, uh, <laughs> I don't really want to, I just like, uh, flex I kinda, on. 
do I kinda, it. <laughs> I kind of just, I don't know. I want to say I kind of, well, they might say saving up, but I just recover. <laughs> I recover a little bit quicker than them. And then they get mad when I beat them all at the end, like on some sets, not all of them. And, and they just say that I save up, even though I just, I don't know. I try to just recover quicker. <laughs> all right. So what's the biggest pet peeve then of yours for people in training? Because if uh, mine would probably be people that save up and only go fast on the last one, what's what annoys you the most from people in practice? Oh, when they leave early, that is so annoying, especially on the fast stuff. It is extremely annoying. Like it, it's just like you can see the night and you can go you don't have to go on the eight and a half like it's just <laughs> it takes a second and a half to get down sometimes you know <laughs> yeah but sometimes for them it's just like they just go right away they just push they don't sink yeah yeah yeah, yeah see when see. i when i was training I, I was definitely the person that went out i still swim like this i just go out and just die and then i'm someone with horrible stroke just the rest of workout and, and then there's people, we'll say like you, the save-ups, that really finish <laughs> strong. But I always wonder, now I think about it, I'm like, you know, that's how Sun Yang was training when I was with him. And, and it's one of those where it's like, okay, is this really, you know, a, such a bad thing? Or is it actually teaching you to finish strong, maintain, and like gut gauge your overall, I don't know, volume a little bit better so you can have more consistent stroke patterns, higher intensities throughout the whole workout versus me where I do like – 50% all out and then 50% is absolute garbage. So can you defend yourself finishing strong like that? And do you think it's, I don't know, maybe a reason why you finish so strong in your races? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do. Uh, I think I agree on the, uh, the volume part, maybe like increase it. But of course I am uh, trying to fix that, like not actually like save up to go just fast every single time and then like end faster um that's like what i'm also like as well trying to trying to work for so that it's not like so that i don't want people to get angry with me <laughs> i feel like i've heard bob talk about that before too about um executing at a high level and training doing um like maintaining the same form throughout and i i think specifically when i heard him talk about it he was talking about like the way that michael would maintain underwaters throughout a workout you mentioned you know that that it's like yeah the deep into a workout are you able to hold the same kick no kick out number are you able to hold the same distance per stroke and then we're hearing a different um we're hearing uh, that from Virginia, for example, too, where, uh, you know, their their women's team that's been really successful in the last few years, they've done a lot um, of work focusing on just holding a lot of water with each um, particular stroke. So, I mean, I feel like you're obviously in the right place um, to continue to evolve on on that um you know, just on, on those fronts, that's just going to take all, all your events to the, to the next level. I'm stricken though, by the fact that you can go 23 low 50 fly and you also go as fast in a 200 fly. Like that's, that's quite a rarity. So yeah, I'm jealous. Uh, just a variety of events. <laughs> I, I have a question about your decision to, to go and swim 
in um, in the states. So not many Canadians head down to some of the NCAA system. Maggie's or C Prime, and then Josh and yourself did it, and Sid, uh, Sydney did it, and Taylor. I guess a few now recently, but it has been a tradition, right? A lot of Canadians because you got good national training centers out in Canada, and you go up. What was your and and there's good funding and good support. I mean, it, when you get carded in Canada, it's 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 good. It's decent. So I mean, I am gonna show my Canadian bias here, you know, with my. 2000 tracksuits and stuff but this this is coming up for you you know this is this is on your radar right we an olympic year for canada and and yeah and you made a big decision to change your program to go to a new program new environment one year out and canadian trials are normally what in april you're not far away to end up so it's, it's a, it was a big decision talk to us about that talk to us about about what this weighed on you and the move you did i'm talking of yeah. who's in charge of swimming canada now i'm interested yeah, yeah. Uh, so actually, I actually uh, lived in the U.S. my whole life. Right. I, I was just, I was just kind of just born in Canada because of uh, the whole like uh, Cirque du Soleil. Like my parents were there, and then we went to Vegas. That's where like they settled down for the Cirque du Soleil thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I lived. Yeah, I just lived like in the in the U.S. my whole life, and that's like that's kind of like the, the whole move thing yeah um but yeah for the olympic year for sure we i do i am gonna uh, represent canada in the olympics yep. and that's gonna be a real uh it's gonna be like uh, a really good great honor of course yeah. to represent a country uh especially on such a big level um and it just it would be it would be really really good you know what, my question was more about the decision that you made to change the environment, you know, a year before the Olympics, you know, like you, things are going oh, great and oh, you change oh. it. Obviously, it's a fantastic environment, but this is a critical year and often people in my red shirt set out, you know, did you consider oh, oh, doing oh. it at all? You know, it's a big change. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, sorry, I didn't, I didn't understand. No, sorry. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, of course, uh, yeah, big change from Sandpipers to, to college. I was actually thinking of maybe taking a gap year, focus right. on the Olympics. Right. But I then I thought again about, you know what, maybe it'll be good, you know, training with the top athletes, mm -hmm. uh, getting, uh, getting the work done, like, with a whole different team. Um, I thought I just thought about like the many like the pros, uh, the pros and the cons. Um, but definitely, def I saw a lot of the pros uh, yeah. just uh, trying to change the environment, get new training in. Yeah. And um, that's kind of that's what I think. That's good. The the Canadian women have been the you know talk of maybe the last few international meets with, you know, <laughs> them rising and rising and having all these great stars. Now we have you, we have Josh Liendo, and kind of the Canadian men coming up too. Um, can you talk us through a little bit more about, you know, some of the young male Canadian swimmers and kind of what the talk is within the team about kind of where the country is going? Uh, I believe, yes, we are. <laughs> I think uh, we're definitely rising in uh, to have more medal counts. We have uh, we have an IAMer, a young IAMer named uh, Lauren. I think you guys maybe learned, heard about him. Yeah, oh, yeah he, yeah, really, really good 400 I am. He's, uh, <laughs> I definitely want want to see a 410 in the near future from him, because nice. uh, he he can definitely do it. It's really fast. And then uh, we have a. I, I actually don't really know many of the junior guys. I only know like Lauren, and then uh, we have Philip, which is my roommate. <laughs> he's uh, he's really good at uh, butterfly. Um, the primarily like the hundred and the fifty, 
So yeah, and he's for sure getting faster. You know, he has a what 52 high 100 fly. He can definitely get that down so that he could be like with us. Um, that's yeah, I think that's we definitely and like the girls. I think it was what Ella Jansen or something like that. Uh, she she's also like picking up speed. I saw as well from the girls side. We definitely have a chance uh, with like when the juniors are going to be seniors. It, we definitely have chances, I believe, in meddling. Uh, I so um, this side note. This is from Craig Hutchison, who is not who is a Canadian Olympic swimmer who was born in Montreal, went to Arizona State, swam in Arizona State, and represented Canada. So, dude, it's it, you're you really know, on the awesome. path of legends, man. And this is his own. He's six foot seven, so it doesn't fit me. So, it's Ooh, not the walls. <laughs> yeah, He's but high. the Montreal guy who swam at ASU Great back ball. in 2000 and, and 2000, maybe. So, yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you, are you, are you a swimming dude? Do you look at the history of, of ASU swimming, of, of what, of Ron and what he did at, at Sandpiper over his career? What's going on in Canada? Are you, are you, are you, do you look back at the legends of the sport or you just go and you have fun swimming and you kick ass? What, what's your swim nerd level? Uh, my swim nerd level is, to be honest, just, uh, I think, uh, kind of the current generation and a little bit of the past around like Michael Phelps era, like yeah. Michael Phelps, Lochte, uh, there was Ian Thorpe and stuff, kind of right. that body suit level. But yeah, like looking back at it, like our past, I, I, to be honest, I don't know. I do know Ron. Ron was a swimmer. Uh, he was a breaststroker for UNLV. Yeah. But that's pretty. That's pretty much all the history I know. I just kind of just try to have fun and swim. So when were you when you were coming up? Kind of who were you looking to as a role model, or who did you? I don't know. Maybe even try to model your stroke and your swimming style. Like I remember, you know, when I was swimming, I th- I think every swimmer probably has like one Olympian that they imagine that they're trying to swim like, whether it's like the race strategy or even the technique. Who, who's that person for you? Uh, of course, like of course, everyone's gonna say this. It was Michael Phelps, of course, because he was literally like one of the best in the generation. Uh, and then slowly it became uh, Caleb Dressel as well. The from like uh, what two two years ago, he was uh, just amazing breakout swimmer. Uh, Nineteen, I mean eighteen, straight out of uh, high school, just did amazing. I'd say double A's. So yeah, Michael Phelps and Dressel, of course. So you're saying you ate ten thousand calories a day. And you keep your race suit strings, your drawstring out of your suit when you race. Those are the oh, few no. things you took on. <laughs> no, <laughs> I did not take that on. That. <laughs> but but there's a question I wanted to ask. What is it specifically, maybe, what Michael did that that you know you looked up to? And you like to do how he swam his races, how he was on his blocks, how he, how his chin went across the front, how he you know what was it particularly about him that maybe you know you look at and think of right now when you see Michael definitely like the of course like let's go like go back going back to the underwaters his his underwaters were insane and just like his stroke the way how long it was how like how he just like kept jumping like with each stroke forward um just like yeah just i kind of just looked up on like how he swam fly yeah totally so as someone you know when we were growing up we weren't you know privy to have such great video content you know we'd get some vhs tapes and watch those luke he probably had a projector or some nonsense like that that he'd probably go through and watch old clips of i don't know who'd you watch uh 
Johnny Weissmuller, Luke, is that kind of the, the guy you were looking up <laughs> Absolutely. to? Absolutely, yeah. Me and Johnny were like this, man. <laughs> so someone that's much younger than us, when you're, like you said, you're watching Phelps fly, you're trying to swim like him. Were you like on YouTube watching videos of him swim? Or, you know, what, what types of things did you use? Or was it just kind of, oh, I just watch him at, you know, the Olympics like we all do? Oh, no, yeah, I would watch, I would look back at all, like, uh, not all of them, but mo most of the uh, clips from, of course, back in the Olympics. Uh, I think I only watched him live Olympics was, like, 2016. That's pretty much it. Other than that, I would just always just watch his clips. I actually read one of his, like, his Michael Phelps books. I, I read one of those when I was little, too. So when you're going 49 and 100 fly? 49. Uh... Just, I guess, whenever it happens, <laughs> hopefully yeah, by like next that. year. Hopefully by next year, but just whenever it happens, you know. Uh, Twenty-three, two, and a one, and a one fifty-three back offing two hundred flies. It'd be, it'd be fun. I like it. Yeah. Well, do you care about time goals? I mean, if somebody who answers whenever it happens, I mean, like I understand that perspective, and I think it's, you know, it's not within your control. Like the only thing that you control is your preparation, your effort, your execution, and the time will will be what it is. Uh, but do you do you have goal times and do you uh, think that that's yeah. important Mark? Uh, yeah of course it, it is because if you don't know like what you're striving for then it's just like it's just like oh i got this time like you you want you want goals because then like you're more motivated during practice to get those times so have you set goals already for this season you don't have to share them but i'm curious what you have kind of um, what the thought process is and do, do you do that for short course and long course? Do you do it on a season by season basis? Um, or do you just kind of like look further into the future? So I don't have goals yet for this season, but for long course and short course, I do set goals in my mind, of course, all the time. And do you, what is, what's, um, what has been your coach's approach? Is that something that you guys do jointly? Do they put it on you to determine what your goals are first and you make a proposal? Um, or is there kind of like a, their first proposal to you here, Ilya, like you should be looking higher. You should be, you know, setting your goals here or, or are you ever like, yeah, no, I'm going to go screw 49. I'm going 48 in the hundred fly. Ask me that question, Luke. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, to be honest, uh, me and uh, the other coaches, we actually have not talked about ta time goals at all. Maybe we will throughout the year, but for now, since the, it's the beginning yet, uh, we haven't really talked about that. So I've kind of just been like trying to think of like what I need to go, what I want to go, you know. Uh, have you had much experience at yards and swimming in yards? Oh, yeah. My yeah <laughs> uh, anyway, i have a question for you it's interesting about setting goals i think it's the mind it's the attitude that you might take or one takes and i can see value in both like we spoke to cam mcavoy he just did a best time 2106 and his next goal he told us was 20 20.99 he didn't say 20.89 breaking the world record he went 20.99 and he says because he recognizes and respects the you know, how hard it is to drop that time in the 53 and he's being, you know, to him, setting his expectations that work best for him. Whereas you have other 53 stylers who set a 20.70 goal time, even though their best time is 21 mid or something. And, you know, they're going beyond and that works best for their training and their attitude. So I can see both sides of like, you know, being cautious, yet optimistic, being confident, yet, you know, realistic, setting yourself. It's, it's an interesting discussion. I just want to make the point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
How about within practice? I know it's more and more common of people to talk about, like D was saying, you're, you're thinking about execution, like what you're thinking about in practice. Are you someone that likes to make, I don't know, goals during a practice? Like, all right, here's someone gives a set and you're like, okay, I'm going to hold these things or, okay, I'm going to, you get the practice ahead of time and this is what I'm looking to accomplish here. Or are you just like, Hey, I'm just going to get in there and go for it. Um, we do go over the sets before practice. So I kind of just, uh, put it, put it like to like the side of my, to the side of my mind to like, uh, what I need to go, what I want to accomplish during this set. I want to shift gears a bit. Um, we talked earlier about just like who, how you consumed, um, content from, like Luke was mentioning, or you're watching YouTube's about Phelps and everything. And um, it reminded me that it's um, like, it's pretty new still. Like the iPhone only came out in 2007. YouTube's only been like really a big thing for about 10 years, maybe, even though it seems like it's been a long time. And so uh, <clears throat> we live in an era now where like not even, not only are all the big meets, all the races available online to watch and consume, but also like all the in-season meets are getting to that point too which is awesome to have a record of it but at the same time it's like everything's further and further connected so there's like an expectation that you know you're on social media and um and so now it's like you know there used to be a an access problem and now it's like an overexposure problem and so i'm just curious like what's your what's your approach to being connected and um especially as somebody who like went to school virtually full time, you know, until like now, now you're actually, you know, edu being educated amongst real humans <laughs> in person. So um, what's your, what's your policy, personal policy? How do you keep yourself kind of in on track and in check for like when you need to be off screen and how, how do you like, you know, consume it or don't consume it as it, as you come into big meets and stuff? Uh, so like, how do I get connected with like through, through videos? Is that what you're asking? I just mean like, what's your social media approach? Uh, and, um, oh, oh, you know, oh. do you, do you, do you set some boundaries for yourself? On oh, that? okay. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you know, when it comes to social media, I kind of, so uh, of course I stay connected stay on social media, see what, like, see what everyone's posting or anything. Uh, but when it comes down to like competitions or stuff, I try to like just completely avoid it. And, um, I kind of just, yeah, just stay, just stay. I, I usually just stay with, within the social media though, but when it comes to competitions, it's not, not really. Hmm. So uh, it, it is a lot of pressure with social media and news and articles and hype. Um, there's a, there's a friend of the show, um, who's also, could have swam for Canada. He he came fourth in the Wills when he was 17 years old, and then he started swimming at Auburn right afterwards. A guy called George Ravel. And, and um, and so he walked on deck at Auburn and they were very, very good. And he was he was the fourth best 200 IM in the world in, in, in um at that point. And he handled the pressure really well. Brian knows he was his teammate. He handled the pressure well. He 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 kept himself and he was humble and worked hard and ended up, you know, doing having an excellent career. Um, you know, there's no social media around there, and he and there's you know, no headlines of news swimming articles. How do you how do you just stay with that? How do you keep grounded? Who's your support team? Who who are your people? Your parents, your your, your siblings, your coaches, your friends? How do, how do you ground yourself and keep yourself going? Uh, yeah, my uh, my mom and my my brother they always kind of 
they they keep me like grounded you know just yeah. like and of course also me like i know that like like all fourth in the world that's 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 yeah. like all that's all great you know it's good um good like title to have but uh not even a title just just it's a good thing to have but um i kind of i kind of know like like the next thing uh, like after that like world's competition i'm like okay what can i do better what i need to be what i need to do better like i'm not just gonna go gloat around you know i'm just like i'm gonna just go back straight back to work you know yeah what 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 do you do besides from are you a gamer are you a sports Uh, guy what do you do uh i usually uh, to be honest yeah i am kind of a gamer but i to be honest i like just hanging out with my with my roommates i kind of i like talking laughing that's kind of and video games is literally like probably like the final thing if i got nothing else better to do yeah i kind of it's either video games or just watch a movie what's the funniest thing your roommates told you this week oh shoot (laughs) there was a lot uh i don't I don't really have one at the top of my head right now. I I, don't go. All right, I got to ask a question for you guys. Don't go to. Well, that's right. There's a TikTok trend going on right now, and apparently, they go on asking men, "How often do you think of the Roman Empire?" So, gentlemen, how often do you think of the Roman Empire? Answer it. John, how often do you think of the Roman Empire? Never. Brian. When the movie Gladiator comes on. <laughs> Ilya. Uh, all the time in the everyday world. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a TikTok well, uh, trend, and that's what people are doing. And um, I don't yeah, know I kinda, what we're doing. I, 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 I kind of like just like saw one video about it, so I have no clue about it, like anything, what it means or anything. <laughs> Is there a background meaning, Luke? I just found out about today too, Ilya. And I, then I thought back about my week. And I, I never think about the... Wait, I just had Roma tomatoes. I used Roma numerals when I was ordering on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, like maybe we do kind of, you know. And, oh, I just saw uh, Latin doing a Cam McAvoy edit and the Latin was on it. So I was like, maybe we kind of subtly think about the Roma Empire. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think about Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ilya, when you're looking at teammates, are you looking for someone like Luke that's going to be having your brain going the weirdest directions of all time? Or what type of teammates do you like? I mean, the reason I bring this up, you know, Claire, like we mentioned earlier, asked who's your favorite teammate. Um, and we know teammates are a huge part of what what gets you to practice, what makes it fun. Do you like the people like Luke that are asking these random things? Do you like to have the, the serious type in your lane? Oh, well, it, when, it, when it comes to practice, I, I kind of do like the, the serious ones because, like, I don't want those weird questions during practice. Like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm, yeah, no, I'm trying to focus. No, I, and then, like, no, I would love to have Luke, like, outside of practice when I'm already, trying, like, relaxed, when I don't have anything else better to do. <laughs> just, just, just have the weird questions. <laughs> That's perfect because Luke doesn't swim anymore. So, <laughs> hey, he found a pool after I how many years pool. in New York? Two or three years. He finally found a pool. Don't worry. Dude, Four dollars to swim. It's so good. That's really good, man. Four dollars. Deal. It is. Right. It's a deal. I'll tell you, man. And and Kate Douglas said she wants to go back and live there because she's she's from not far from where Luke lives now, and maybe that means she's gonna uh, put swimming uh, to to the side. 
the rest of her okay. life. That's what fun. about you, Ilya? Are you what's your what what do you think um 40-year-old Ilya is gonna be uh doing? What's your relationship with the water gonna be like after you're done swimming? Uh probably like I definitely wanna because I know like the body after like such a long time it still needs like some type of workout. I can't just like sit on the couch and not do anything. So I'll, I'll probably like swim a couple times a week maybe. But to be honest, I kind of want to just go into lifting, to be honest. I, I'm a big gym guy, so I might just I might just do that. You know, not not like not like just briefed up like Mr. Olympia or something, but just like, you know, something I want to do. Yeah, man. Have, you, have you watched the Arnold Netflix doc? Oh, yeah, it's so good. I love it. <laughs> you ever just put it on a Speedo in the mirror and flex? <laughs> maybe just like after i get out of the shower maybe <laughs> okay <back>. tmi <laughs> no 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 i don't remember what you did were you flexing down in your world's walkout video behind you what was your uh, oh, prompts or thing that you were doing i was i did i did the biceps <laughs> i did the pointing and then I mean, just cross my arms. That's what yeah, I did. The, the pec blowout, cr- arm cross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We asked Catherine Birkoff about that. And, and talk us about that. How do you, do you all line up? The whole Team Canada stands up and lines up and you're all like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And you, uh, somebody's watching you. How do you decide what you're doing? And does everybody on Team Canada have to do it? Or just those who are probably going to make finals? Uh, actually, everyone at Worlds uh, kind of like they don't have to, but it's kind of like uh, I think it's part of the process where you have to have a uh, walkout song so that when you do make semis or finals, they post it like in the background of just and yeah, it's just like the ideas about it is just like it's just on the spot to be honest. Yeah. Or some people have it like uh, already like set up. What was the best one you saw? Oh, you, you- uh, I think I saw either Finley or Leendo. They did like the they did like a bone arrow or something. That oh was yeah, cool. yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. Who's the goofiest person on Team Canada? Male or female? Goofiest person. Yeah. Oh, uh, one of the breaststrokers, uh, James. <laughs> Is that, his last name's like uh, Dur or something like that? Okay, cool. Kind of what was his what, what was his uh walkout video oh i had no clue <laughs> i actually have no idea wait luke what would you do what would you what would yours be get on the rings come on now <laughs> get on the rings and fail no but you gotta think about how it's being used you know <laughs> i would i think what i would try to do is see if i could um like zoom all the way in and then like <laughs> do the eyeball oh, i would just like zoom my eyeball all the way into the camera if there was a way for me to do it that's what if i, I was do. 20 years old i would be that a hole who'd be like trying to out psych everybody like you're going down you're going down because you're being big and bold behind the blocks right so you can use it like which, a psycho video which wouldn't work at all but yeah no not <laughs> and it's muted so you're just... <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> come on luke you're better than that <laughs> John, you had a follow-up that was more structured? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's come and gone a little bit, but you mentioned, uh, you know, really being a gym guy. Um, maybe talk us about that transition from maybe some of the things you're doing at Sandpiper. You know, mm-hmm. obviously a great a great program, more known for distance. Now, it's starting to change a little, but a lot of people don't associate gym and distance swimming still. So maybe what it was like there and, and what you're kind of getting your, your teeth into at ASU. Um, so, yeah. 
it is. Uh, the lifting is definitely different from sandpipers because uh, at sandpipers we do uh, we do we would do like Bulgarian uh, like split squat or something, and then there would be benching or dumbbell press, and uh, as well as like squats, uh, like back squat. But here it is it's almost the same thing except that instead of back squat, it's front squat. Like most of most of the workouts, it's for swim here, I believe. Right. Like it's uh, like some of the exercises are like focusing on those muscle groups that you use during swimming. Keep going. Yeah. I'm curious. No more oh, details. Oh, oh. Like, what, yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah, I want to know more uh, about that. Like, like what exactly? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, okay. So we got. So yeah, like I said. Uh, oh yeah, we also do cleans. I've never done cleans before, so I'm I'm still an amateur at that. Uh, but yeah, apparently like cleans are pretty good. Like, I, don't, I feel it in my traps. I don't know if it's like, if it, if that's what it's for, but <laughs> that's, I use that. And then, uh, there's also you do it from the floor, from the floor or hang position, uh, from the floor, like All right. you go down to the floor and then kind of bring it up. Uh-huh. And then, um, uh, as well as like the, the, uh, like the hang, the hanging position as well, like where you hold it by like your uh, thighs yeah uh and then there's also like this we would do of course like chin-ups for like the biceps but there's also like a machine where you would just like pull it down and then like slowly go up with like the weight so like the weight's heavy and like you kind of one at a time yeah and then there's also like load right john yep yeah yeah and then uh there's also like back extensions for i'm guessing breaststroke or something like to strengthen your back Hmm. all right What's uh so you said that uh later in life you're gonna become a bodybuilder, right? So <laughs> not a bodybuilder, <laughs> just work just try to work out. <laughs> like uh, uh, done. Are you one of those guys who gets swole the second you walk in and look at the weights? Or like what's uh what's um what's what's your biggest strong suit in the gym? What are you the best at? Uh definitely definitely uh chest. I love I love bench, incline bench, just anything on chest. <laughs> That's those are my favorite exercises. So you're trying to get ready for spring break? Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the spring are you- break destination now? Um yeah. does everybody go over to uh uh Lake Havasu? Where's uh what's what or does even like take does anybody at ASU take a spring break? What'd you do in Vegas? What do you what are you planning on doing after NCs next year? That's probably a big year, Olympic year. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, I think just after NCs, I think it's just back to training. I don't think there is a break, <laughs> to be oh. honest. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you enjoy racing? What other strokes do you enjoy racing or events you enjoy racing besides any of the flies? uh breaststroke i i really? I, I i love racing breaststroke against uh leon it's it's really it's really fun i feel like uh kind of i'm trying to just get the movements down and stuff on that and the, the, uh the, 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 the sprint freestyle as well talks about the, the movements down is is it leon's continuous forward momentum that he always seems to maintain and how long it is what is it about it that you like seeing in him and you try to emulate uh i think it's yeah just like how like how he shoots forward and then uh, i try to as well like um also like the kick behind just have a strong kick behind too so that you could glide forward i believe uh yeah so i kind of kind of just try to race him in that does he does he share and add tips or or does he you know or it's like push you and i mean i had a teammate who used to make sure i was up in practice and going when i was a freshman is he pushing for that giving you tips what's he like next to him 
Um, no, no, there, there is no tips. Uh, I kind of mm. just try to race them, trying to just, just be right next to them. That's pretty yeah. much it. And, uh, yeah. So what are we thinking? 2IM, third event for college? I really hope so. Either that or 500 free. <laughs> Either one. Wow. What, what, what's the schedule like, guys, for, for 500 free to fly? 50 free, I believe, on the first day. Free. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, day one, 50 free, 2 a.m., 500 free. Yeah, so, yeah. but actually, like, that's a, <clears throat> we always talk about this a few times, the, the schedule, uh, the schedule at NCAA is now is a little bit more favorable um, than it has been. And it, I like the fact that the sports evolved some to spread it out and get better quality in the racing. But I've always been an advocate that we should change the order some. And like at the big meets in the summer, you get a different order. And it's like some years yeah. it's a five-day meet, some it's a seven- to eight-day meet. Um, semifinals like just take so much more out of you. But I don't know. Is there like – like it always annoyed me when the 50 free was at the very end of the meet. Um, because I felt like oh, there was so much energy and then you come in and then, you know, you maybe race early and then you're standing in the stands cheering for a bit, you are like drained by energy by the time the 50 free comes around. And it's like kind of a tough thing that you got to manage, um, as somebody who swam that event primarily. So like, is there an ideal event order for you? Like, which one do you want to have first? Which one are you okay with? Like leaving it to last cause you want to get into the meat and get the nerve shaken off and all that. Uh, I think like, like it is at worlds. I think, uh, I'm fine with two fly. Is it, it's two fly last, I believe. Right. Or is it middle? I think it's last. And then the end for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I'm fine with as well as like the hundred, I'm fine with the schedule, hundred fly in the middle and then just whatever it is at the beginning, just try to just get a feel for it. Hmm. Is, is, is swimming, enjoyable uh, a, a swim meets fun do you think they're fun do you would you go to a swim meet if you weren't taking part would you go watch women's ncs would you go and watch us trials would, would you go and watch a fast meet on tv I, do you, do you turn it on yeah yeah i would if it uh if it's not on tv i definitely would go watch uh either us trials or just anything anything really fun if yeah other than but swim meets are fun i, I love uh like racing in them watching them it's really fun Oh, okay, let's let's compare it against your parents being in Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> the totally different entertainment value, I I think. I mean, they're different. They're different methods. It depends how how nerdy you are on swimming. But I think objectively, to the casual person, to, you know, we're not selling out hundreds of thousands of tickets to go to an event <laughs> um, and swimming uh, the way that you know people flock to you know entertainment, acrobatics, and and that sort of thing. So, uh, what do, what do they think? Like, do they think swim meets are um, fun? Uh, they think it's really, well, for our like club swim meets, they thought it was like really loud. And it was, it was like in our like Palo Verde, it was really loud, very hot. And it was like <laughs> annoying, you know, it was just like, dude, I just want to leave. <laughs> like, it's just such a relief to come back home. Uh, but, uh, like a competition, like a normal, like, like high competition, like, or, or just like this, like pro series or something. It's definitely way better, like not as crowded. It's just like it's really fun to watch. I mean, they're they're see they're there to like watch me. So I mean, they're either way they're excited. Are there any things thinking about how your parents described going to like club meets mm -hmm. and age group meets? You're more familiar with that setting than we are. Are there things you think they could change to make it more enjoyable for parents and, and you swimmers? Whether it's just like, hey, let's 
break it up more so it's just like two hour segments at a time um i would just say uh crowd control like kind of if your son or daughter is not swimming kind of don't be in the building or something just wait outside <laughs> to be honest um but other than that uh i have i have I'm not. I'm not the right person to ask. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I do want to hear. I want to go back a little bit, and I want to hear a little bit about your your origin story. You know, if you're a superhero. Um, so, I, I, when I read that your parents went sick and they moved to Vegas from Montreal, um, I naturally I thought, oh, maybe they were synchro swimmers because you're a swimmer, and a lot of swimmers and Canadian synchro team, sorry, artistic swimming team, did after their career go and, and, and swim at, at Cirque in Vegas. And I know about three or four people who did that. Um, what was your original story into sport, into swimming? Was there any interest in swimming at all as a kid from your parents or you just fell into the sports and this is what came out? Talk, talk about your original story. Yeah. So when, so at the at first time, uh, my parents were actually trying out, we were trying to look for, since I came from a gymnastics acrobatic family we were looking for that and then we we're trying to see what would be good and i don't really know much details but I, of course i guess i guess it wasn't it i was pretty i was pretty athletic as a child so right. uh they yeah they were just like okay well i guess uh, we don't want to we don't want to go to this one that we don't yeah and then they, uh, we kind of switched uh sports and we uh, my mom just put me like into swimming and she saw that was actually like not bad at it you know i was like four or five years old she thought i was she thought i was like pretty good at it and uh i kind of just like went from there like slowly just trying to rise up you know i was working out with my dad when i was little uh well of course not weights just like dry land stuff and um i kind of just like rose from there i did try like soccer for a season which was pretty fun i don't i don't know why i think I, oh i was like really interested in it i believe I kind of just did that for a season and I kind of, yeah, I kind of just, that's kind of how I rose up. Just like slowly, slowly trying to get better at swimming. How, how much of the Montreal culture did your parents put in you? Cause I knew you left there very young, but to both Quebecois, to, uh, you eat poutine and, and, and do you go to sugar? <laughs> no, no, my, no, my, my parents are Ukrainian. So they put oh, that the Ukrainian. They put, yeah, they put the Ukrainian culture in me. <laughs> Why did you go to McGill? I don't get it. I mean, it was the obvious choice. That, that was a hard decision, wasn't it? McGill and, and the ASU? I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very oh, yeah. tough choice. <laughs> very tough choice. <laughs> hey, um, I'm curious about what what success looks like for you. So, I mean, you're successful on a world level you know, as a high schooler and, um, but like, how long do you see yourself swimming? What is, what does success like look like for you next summer? What is the long-term plan for you in the sport? Um, I kind of, I do, my long-term plan is I, I just, I want to swim really fast. Just, I, I, like the, the normal kind of age I see for when most people retire is around like what, 30, like from, pro swimming so uh that's when i that's to be honest that's when uh that's when like that's the age i want to get up to and uh kind of like what my progression would be how like uh to be honest just like what time will tell i guess i just got to put in the work and see how it goes from there i can't really t 
tell like what how like what's next gonna be i'm not <laughs> can't see the future of course but you know i kind of i'm just gonna see as time progresses yep right on all right man well we've got a few rapid fire questions and then we'll wrap it up what's the hardest race in swimming 400 i am for sure olympic gold or world record uh, world record. <laughs> Do you pee in the pool? Uh, yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> what's the What's the hardest sandpiper set you ever did? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I think it's. Ooh, there there was one time we had a three one hundreds. It was like no, sorry, five one hundreds. I am on like a one oh nine base, and then after that, it was like. I think we took like a 30 second break and it was like 300 AM for time. And we did that like three times. <laughs> it was really hard. Okay. For or against fly with paddles. Against, I don't really like it. What can you go in a 50 meter underwater with fins? Ooh. 20 or under 20. If we're talking about short course yards. What's the best swim that you've ever seen in person? uh summers summer macintosh's uh world record in uh trials hmm. okay and when you when you're done uh, for, swim, for free one, there too. Yeah. okay for free for free yeah. when you're done swimming what are you not going to miss waking up early <laughs> at 5 a.m all right. Um, this is a Sandpipers question and an ASU question, but a selfish one. Uh, how much social kick did you do at Sandpipers? How much social kick is happening at ASU? And how much is the right amount of social kick? Uh, okay, so there was no social kick in Sandpipers. And I have not been at ASU long enough uh, for I have not been at ASC long enough to know how much social kick we have here. We haven't done one yet. And the right amount of social kick is around like a 500. I love it. Well, we, 500 we can we can deal with. We'll do a little bit more, but that's fine because we're <laughs> retired and Luke doesn't go to the pool anyway. So, no. Ilya, um, super fun to get to connect with you. It's always fun to watch athletes like you, um, see yep. you on deck, see where you're taking the sport and um, – really excited for you in the new environment and a big year ahead uh keep so keep doing some entertaining stuff man we'll be uh rooting for you here and you're welcome back anytime thanks for hanging out yeah thank you so much all right that's it for this episode of social kick we'll see you next time hey everybody thanks for hanging out with us if you're enjoying social kick tell your friends about it and be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts follow us on instagram Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick, and you can find all of our content on our website.